Hey guys, welcome to the Starring Milano podcast where we try to build understanding in this crazy world one conversation at a time. This podcast comes out every Monday, hashtag Milano Monday. It consists of three different segments. The first one is called Talkworthy where we pick a few things going on in the media and try to offer a new or different perspective. The second one is called BTS where I recap my past week, any exciting encounters, new finds. And the last segment is called TV Recap where we recap all the things that I watch including 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 reality tv scripted series docuseries documentaries um movies anything interesting that i have seen over the past week and if you're listening via podcast there is a visual to this visit you visit youtube.com forward slash starring milana make sure to subscribe give this video a thumbs up leave a comment and if you're listening on the podcast app make sure to subscribe leave a rating or a review guys it really really helps and follow me at starring milana now first of all i'm a little rusty as you can tell because it's been a while since i recorded um the struggle is obviously real i am not yet set up in my um studio space as i mentioned last week we are remodeling and it's taking longer than expected and my recording space is not finished yet and I was holding off, plus I had a lot of other things to do, life, shit, remodel, work, all the good things, so um, this podcast has been getting pushed back, unfortunately, and at this point, I can't wait anymore, so I decided to record. I am recording uh, out of somewhere else. It's my boyfriend's living room. It's not my usual um, recording space, so it's a little bit difficult. I'm trying to work around it for the uh, video like if I was just doing audio I'd be sitting down on the floor with the mic and I don't have to have this whole setup but because I'm recording I have to have um I have to be sitting somewhere that's like fairly presentable with the lights so here I am with this mic uh awkwardly taller than me and I'm sitting up really sitting up uh trying to make sure that my um lips and the mic you know are in are in contact you know they're close enough so you guys can get that good good audio so if you're watching on youtube pardon the uh slight awkwardness of my body positioning i'm also looking down a lot because i have the screen in front of me um i get to see you know obviously what i look like when it's right down here because i don't have the tripod for it because again I am not in my usual space, so I'm a little bit out of it, and I'm going to try to um, pretend the camera's not here and just record this podcast, so if you're listening on audio apps, you are probably getting the better end of the stick today. In this week's episode, we are talking about paid menstrual leave, how Starbucks is helping with the abortion ban, an AirPods lawsuit, and much, much more. Let's get straight into it with Talkworthy. The first thing we're going to talk about is this AirPods lawsuit. According to Vice, a 12-year-old had his eardrum torn apart by the volume of an amber alert coming through his AirPods, according to a lawsuit against Apple filed this week. The complaint filed by his parents alleged that in May 2020, the teen was watching Netflix with his AirPods connected when an amber alert went off without warning at a volume that tore apart BG's eardrum, damaged his cochlea, and causing significant damage to his hearing and health, including permanent hearing loss in his right ear, bouts of dizziness, vertigo, and nausea. He now suffers from tinnitus, significant and permanent hearing loss, other temporary or permanent injuries, pain, suffering, and disabilities leading to the loss of the pleasures of life. He now has to wear a hearing aid, his parents allege. Okay, so first of all, those Amber Alerts are ridiculous. They're so loud. Every time they go off, they scare the shit out of me. One time I was driving and it went off and I almost like crashed. It really is 
unnecessarily loud. According to the CDC, anything over 70 decibels can damage your hearing over time, but anything over 120 decibels can cause immediate harm. So, um, I don't know. Like, I guess with Apple, you can change the settings for alerts, but like, does anyone actually know that? Like, there's an option to go into your phone and go to the settings and change the volume at which your alerts come up as, or I think maybe turn them off altogether. But I didn't know that, and I'm sure many people don't know that either. Um, and also, while I do think Amber Alerts are definitely necessary for a society, imagine your child was kidnapped. Um, you would want the entire world to know and to be notified and to help you find your child. So I do obviously think Amber Alerts are necessary, but are they necessary at this like volume? And I think people have been complaining about it for years. And I guess Apple did do something about it because allegedly you can go into your phone and change the settings, but I don't think a lot of people knew about it. And even though it does have that feature, you got to think about like what it's like being a parent. It's tough to be a parent. You have to constantly worry about your child, keep them out of harm's way, worry about their health, um, their happiness, keep them safe. And they're they have headphones in their ears and you warn them like, hey, make sure that you keep the volume low on your headphones so that you don't ruin your hearing. But you're not thinking to say, hey, make sure that the Amber Alert doesn't go off on your ear because you could damage. Like there's so only so much that parents can manage. And this is just not one of those things. And I think that if what they're alleging is true, that this kid really does have permanent damage to his hearing, um, then I think that this lawsuit is uh, warranted. And I do hope that they have some sort of settlement because if if what they're alleging is true, that is really unfortunate, really sad because that is something that he's going to have to live with for a very long time. I mean, forever. So yeah, so I just thought that was an interesting article. Now let's get into paid menstrual leave, which is something I've been talking about for years. And finally, Spain is the first European country to consider it. According to the Washington Post, Spain's left-wing coalition government this week approved a draft proposal with a broad range of reproductive right provisions, including one that would make Spain the first European country to grant workers paid menstrual leave. Under the plan, the government would foot the bill for women to take days off work if they are diagnosed by a doctor with severe menstrual pain. More than half of women who menstruate experience some pain for one to two days each month, with some feeling pain so acute that it keeps them from doing normal tasks. Caroline Hickinson, Regional Director of International Planned Parenthood Federation European Network, said a key part of the menstrual leave provisions is that doctors can recommend sick leave for any health issue. In theory, if you have a painful period, you should be as entitled as any other illness. It's really about the normalization of something so simple, so basic, that for years has been such a source of shame and stigma and embarrassment. So as of now, only a handful of countries have some for some form of this, including South Korea and Indonesia. And it's been reported that in some countries, employees are reportedly kind of reluctant to ask for leave while others fear some sort of discrimination. And my initial thought that obviously this is a great idea, but I can see there being a few issues with this. One, the paid leave has to be a government solution versus like private corp private companies um even public companies because a lot of companies will have an issue paying women three work days to take off each year that each month that would be 36 um days a year plus their sick days plus their vacation days so it's going to kind of add up and i do see that i do see companies having a hard time with that um and especially those that are you know 
trying to stay afloat. And also, how do you even check to see if someone's on their period or if they're telling the truth? I can also see a scenario where someone's like, hey, I'm on my period. I'm taking my three period days and it's like a Wednesday and then the weekend comes and now they've had a five day weekend and they're on vacation and you have no idea because how are you going to check? What are you going to go down there and see if they're really on their period? Like you have no way of really knowing, especially since periods tend to fluctuate. The third thing is, um, I can see companies maybe hiring less women because um, they know that now women are going to, ha- you know, some women are going to have a request a three uh, day absence out of the work month and it can be really disruptive to the, you know, working environment. So I can see a lot of companies hiring less women um, and then I can also see that causing some sort of, you know, discrimination lawsuit and that can be a potential issue. And the fourth thing is um, I can also see some women ruining for others, like, you know, kind of in competition saying, oh, I don't need to take my period days off. Like I'm good. I don't have those pains, but Sally does. So I can see it kind of being um, a problem and a controversy in the workplace. I think those are going to be concerns of many people, but here are a few thoughts as to why I think that it's not going to be as drastic and uh, of a change or as dramatic as people think it is. And I don't think it's really going to affect companies that much. Um, First, you need a doctor's evaluation and First of all, you have to go to the doctor to even get an evaluation. I think a lot of people aren't even going to bother to do that. Now, once you get the evaluation, they ha- I don't know how, what kind of evaluation they're doing. I don't know how you can tell a doctor your pain levels when you're having your period and like what do you just tell them and they believe you I don't know but what I do know is you do need some sort of uh professional um evaluation by a doctor so that's one and I don't think a lot of people are actually going to be able to get that and then two not all periods fall on weekdays some periods are going to fall on weekends which for a lot of companies won't affect their um work their work schedule so that's another thing and then the third thing is I think that a lot of women may not want to fall behind in their um, career and their work lives and maybe, you know, they will work through the pain. I mean, we've been doing it for years, so maybe a lot of them won't need the full three days. Maybe they won't need any days. Um, so I don't think it's going to be as, you know, disruptive to the workplace as a lot of people um, think that it is. So my periods are really, really bad. They are so painful. Like, I, my options are to get on birth control or take a lot of painkillers through get th- to get through my days. Like to be a functioning human in society, to go to work, to go to grocery store, anything. My first two days, it's so bad that I have to take so many painkillers just to be functioning, to get up, to be able to do things, to work out. Um, so for me, for someone who has like these painful periods, foggy brain, migraine sometimes, body aches, everything, this would be ideal for someone like me, especially for the first two days, because I am tired of taking painkillers. They're not good for your body. And um, I, when I'm at home, you know, if it happens to land on a day that I'm not doing anything, I will avoid taking the pills and I will, um, you know, cradle in a little position, do heating packs, just lay down and not get up and do things. And because of that, it's kind of a, it's healthier, it's better for my body because I'm not putting, you know, toxins and pills in my body to kill the pain. So um, it is probably long-term better for my health. So I would love something like this to be put into law, but um, I can only speak for myself and I hope that it works out in Spain and that people don't abuse it. Before we get into this final story of Talkworthy, I want to talk about Nutrafol. Millions of Americans experience thinning hair. It's more than common. It's normal. But it's not openly talked about, especially amongst women. 
Going through it can feel lonely and frustrating, and it's time to change the conversation and join the thousands of women who are standing up for their strands with Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve your hair growth, thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Nutrafol supports healthy hair growth from within by targeting the five root causes of thinning, stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, and metabolism through whole body health. Nutrafol has three unique formulas to support women through all stages of life, including postpartum and menopause. Each formula is physician-formulated using natural, drug-free, medical-grade ingredients in consistently effective dosages so you get the most reliable results. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after six months. Over 3,000 top doctors and stylists recommend Nutrafol as an effective and high-quality solution for healthier hair. You can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code MILANA to save $15 off your first month subscription. This is their best offer anywhere and is only available to U.S. customers for a limited time. Plus, free shipping on every order. Get $15 off at Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com promo code MILANA. That's M-I-L-A-N-A. Okay, guys, let's get into the last topic in Talkworthy. Um, Starbucks may be hella inconsistent with my drinks, but they are very consistent when it comes to human rights issues. According to CNBC, Starbucks said Monday it will start covering eligible travel expenses for employees seeking abortions or gender-affirming procedures. The coffee chain joins Amazon, Apple, Microsoft, and Salesforce in offering to reimburse workers for travel costs related to abortions following the leak of a draft U.S. Supreme Court ruling that would strike down Roe v. Wade, the landmark 1973 decision that ensured the right to undergo the procedure. Other large companies like Walmart and Disney have overwhelmingly chosen to stay silent on the draft opinion. So Starbucks also supports same-sex marriages. They hire refugees, and this reputation extends to transgender rights. Their health insurance has covered gender reassignment surgery since 2012. Wow. Um, Employees enrolled in Starbucks insurance plan and seeking access to abortion or gender-affirming procedures will be eligible for reimbursement of travel costs if those services aren't available within 100 miles of their home. The benefit will also extend to any dependents enrolled in Starbucks healthcare. Wow, dependents. You guys, this is honestly incredible. I gotta say, like, sometimes Starbucks gets a lot of shit, but this is, like, a really big deal. So, like, if you get in your car and you can't drive, if you have to drive over 100 miles to go somewhere to have an abortion or... um you're seeking access to gender-affirming you know, procedures and you can't get it within 100 miles of your home, Starbucks will cover your travel costs, probably hotel, gas, all that stuff. And not only you, but also your dependents. I mean, that's a really big deal. And although it's really impressive that Starbucks is doing this um, and it's covering the costs and if employees can't find a clinic within 100 miles, like... It's 2022. The fact that Starbucks is doing this is kind of ridiculous. I'm talking about Starbucks, not the U.S. government, fucking Starbucks. The fact that this is even coming out of my mouth, that this is Starbucks that's doing this in the year of 2022, that Starbucks has to solve the government's issues is beyond ridiculous to me. It's Starbucks. I I didn't release an episode um, during the weeks that the leak had come out. Um, I do have this some a few things to say about about abortion rights. If Roe is and Roe versus Wade is overturned, um, as the leak made it seem, 
you know, there's 26 states are likely to uh, ban abortion. And that's half the country. We are not united. We are so divided that half of the country is going to go back on something that was, you know, passed a long time ago. And it's really only going to affect women. Half of the country. That is like how divided we are. And again, guys, it's 2022. It's so fucking embarrassing we're supposed to be the face of democracy you know uh, a free a free world a, you know a, a country of choice the fucking pinnacle of democracy in the, in the western world and look at what we're doing right now like we are an embarrassment to the rest of the world that in the year 2022 i know it hasn't been overturned yet but that we're even talking about it, that we're even considering this that we're going so backwards in a country that preaches for freedom and choice and this and that but yet wants to take the freedom away from women to make a decision about their own bodies. No body in this world should be able to tell you what to do with your body. I don't care if you think that it's a sin. I don't care if you think that it's morally corrupt, ethically, you know, not right. I don't give a fuck what you think because at the end of the day, it's not your choice. And if somebody makes that decision, they have to live with the consequences, okay? Not you. So because of that, I think we would be living in a much better place if everybody just minded their own business. Get out of women's bodies, okay? It's 50 years later and we're still here talking about this. Get out of women's bodies seriously so frustrated um oh my god so the other thing that kills me about this whole thing is you you want people to have babies but you won't provide for them you don't give universal health care um you don't even want to solve this like formula shortage you know we are currently experiencing a formula shortage you don't want women to have abortions but you don't want to feed the babies that they do have what what do you what do you want how how do you expect to force women to have children that they don't want okay but but not help them when they do have them there is a formula shortage right now okay and there is a um, bill, there was an immediate bill that they were trying to pass um, in the House, and 192 House Republicans voted the bill down. Republicans, the same people who are representing the states that will ban abortion if Roe versus Wade is overturned. And the icing on the cake is a, a statement that came out from Republican Governor of Texas, Greg uh, Abbott, he said, while mothers and fathers stare at empty grocery store shelves in panic, the Biden administration is happy to provide baby formula to illegal immigrants coming across our southern border. So basically, basically, just like the babies that are born here that didn't have a choice to be born, right? Like you didn't ask to be born. Your parents had you. You think they should have food and shelter but the babies that are brought here who are babies okay they didn't have the choice to be born either and they didn't have the choice to be uh in this country to be trying to get into this country to be crossing the border they didn't have a choice you're saying because their parents decided to do that that these babies should fucking starve while being held in u.s custody they should fucking starve they shouldn't we shouldn't give them any formula you sicko uh Babies that didn't have a choice, didn't ask to be here. The same babies that you are now forcing women to have who didn't have a choice to be here. And now the women don't have a choice or might, may not have a choice in your state to have the child. So 
I don't, I don't, it makes no sense to me. And all I have to say is that, you know, people say a lot about liberals when they're, you know, like all this countries like this because of liberals and liberals and liberals and people really just vote with like their conservative mindsets or their pockets. Okay. And vote forever you want. I don't give a shit. But when you're voting, really think about the consequences of your vote. Okay. I'm not a politician. I'm not here to tell you what you do. And frankly, I don't care. And I'm tired of talking about politics, but just think when you're voting because a conservative government uh, or a person of power then puts people in power in these branches who are also conservative and what ends up happening is that a lot of the things that have been put in place over years to make this country better are now unfortunately being trying to be overturned like something like this women's rights or everything that's going on in Florida you know you're scared to say the word gay don't be don't say gay uh bill that was passed um in Florida under a, a Republican governor right so really think about what you're doing when you are voting okay because it really does start there I know people think we don't have control of what happens and um we don't really get to say get a say in anything, but we do, especially when it comes to things like this. So really do your research and think about what and who you're voting for. And maybe you're not voting for the, the, the individual, but you're really voting for the party or uh, the belief system of a party, right? So think about that when you are in that voting booth because it really does all start there, okay? Um, that's it for Talkworthy. Let's get into BTS. I don't know what the fuck is going on with the world, but I can find a gown to save my life, okay? I have three weddings in June. Two of them are destination weddings. And when you're going to a destination wedding, there's usually a series of events, right? And so these happen to have like welcome parties, not welcome dinners, welcome parties. They want you to dress up. They want you to wear a gown. Um, so I'm now needing five dresses, five gowns for three events. I was going to try to rewear maybe two of them, but unfortunately, um, there's themes to these, okay? Especially one of them has themes. So I no longer can wear what I was planning on wearing, and I was really excited to wear what I, was, what I already had, but I can't. I have to follow a color scheme and a theme. So because of that, I have been, you know, June is right around the corner. I am a, not a last minute Lucy. I like to have things planned out, especially since I'm really busy in June. I'm the first three weeks of June. I'm just go, go, go. So because of that, I am planning ahead. And I cannot find gowns. I went to the stores. I went to Bloomingdale's. They told me they don't even have a gown section anymore after COVID because they were sitting there on the shelves and nobody was going anywhere. And that gowns actually do way better online. So they don't have any gowns. Um, I went to Macy's because I saw one gown online. I was like, maybe they have it in store. It's honestly like no offense to Macy's, but it was like a reject like gown section. And like, it's like, honestly, the... I, that's kind of mean that was a really mean that's mean that reject okay it's it's I'm saying reject because they don't none of them really work for me it's either for like proms or like I don't know uh, older women more conservative dresses it's definitely not for someone in my age group so I'm like what the hell I look and I look on revolve and all the dresses that fit the theme and the size that I need are on back order. So I have to pre-order and they're definitely not going to be here in time. So here I am struggling, looking for dresses. And the 
line that I usually order from, which is in Australia, they don't have any dresses that are really fitting the theme of what I'm looking for. So I don't know what it is, but if anyone has any recommendations, please DM me. I'm really shit out of luck here. Another thing that I uh, did recently is I had a colonic and I haven't had one probably in like five years, six years, maybe more. Um, It was awful. First of all, the colonics I used to get used to be, there used to be a therapist with me in um, I don't know if, even if that's the word a tech uh, specialist. They were in the room with me. They managed the water levels and then they would like help you push it out. Okay. Um, by the way, if anyone doesn't know what a colonic is, I mean Google it. I'll roughly like explain it. Basically, they stick a tube, you know where, and uh, they start uh, putting like a you know water pressure in there warm water and then the water uh forces you to like be you cramp up and then you have to push and push and push out and when you're pushing out all this stuff is coming out like stuff that has been sitting there for years like poop and uh, mucus and um toxins a lot of air bubbles gas I mean a lot of stuff starts coming out and that is like the old way I used to do was with someone in the room apparently there's a new trend I haven't been in so long I did I don't know there's these like colonic beds where you go and they still come and set you up and they ask you like hey do you want to insert it yourself or do you want you know me to insert for insert for you so that you insert or they insert and then um you're like laying there with your legs in the air kind of like a pap um and they'll start the water pressure for you. And it's basically like a toilet bed. Like it's really interesting. It's like a toilet bed. And um, as water is coming in and you start pushing, you know, stuff starts coming out. And most of it goes down into the tube. So you can see like the clear, um, you can see like all the stuff coming out. There's like a clear there's like a clear tube that shows all this toxins and everything that's coming out of your body. But some stuff like because it, if it's a lot, like it's, you know, it's, it goes down into this toilet thing. Um, and it is quite interesting. It was so painful. The first 15 minutes I was about to, I was sweating like a pig. I was going to vomit. Um, I was, it was, it was worse than the period pain that I've had in my life. And the, the woman stayed in there with me the entire time, not the entire time, like the first 15 to 20 minutes. And she's really getting me through it. She was helping me like, she was like massaging my stomach to make sure everything goes out. And honestly, like it was a very, necessary I really needed it but it was beyond painful and it goes to show you that I was having such a reaction to it because I probably had shit sitting in my body like toxins and stuff for a very long time and I also did um, a blood work test and the blood type that I am um, it I'm I'm prone more to a vegetarian diet so I was trying to figure out what my blood type was because there's a theory there's like you know this theory that's it's called eat right for your type and they believe that if you eat according to your blood type then you are more likely to live a longer healthier life um and you are you know you're you have more energy and you are um able to um lose weight better all this stuff so it's a theory it's it's not i don't know how how true it is but it's a theory so the blood type that i am um i'm supposed to technically be eating a vegetarian diet with um occasional uh chicken turkey and some some fish um not a lot of gluten, not a lot of wheat, you know, no starch, not that kind of stuff because my body doesn't react well to that and uh, no dairy really like really not recommended. So I've actually been considering for the past few months um, starting to eat meat again because I've been a pescatarian for almost five years. I haven't touched any kind of meat in five years. Um, 
it's been great. You know, I don't feel like the heaviness of meat. I don't, you know, meat used to sit on my stomach. Like it wouldn't break down. I don't feel the heaviness of meat. Um, but I am hungry all the time and I don't want to eat fish. I don't eat a lot of fish. I eat fish here and there because, you know, also mercury poisoning is a concern and I just don't like to eat that much fish. It's harder to make. Like it's not as easily accessible so I prefer to not eat a lot of fish. And because of that, because I don't eat meat, because I don't eat a lot of fish, what I end up doing is eating cheese. I eat a lot of gluten. I mean, pasta. Um, there's a lot of starch that I eat, potatoes. I eat a lot of that stuff. I'm a carbivore so that I can make sure that I'm getting some sort of food in my system, that I'm not starving. Um, and it's just really not working out for me like I would. I hope that it would. I am tired all the time of because of all the gluten I um, I'm not losing weight the way that I want to lose weight and I'm struggling a little bit. So I think that I'm going to try to start eating meat and I'm going to really just, you know, start light with like chicken. Um, and, um, of course I'll continue with fish and I'll probably only eat it like once or twice a week just to substitute it with the fish here and there. Um, but I, I am nervous because it's been five years. I don't know how my body's going to react. I don't know if my body's going to reject it. I don't know if um, I'm going to start craving more of it. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to try it out. Um, I'm going to start with my boyfriend's um, burger restaurant, slider restaurant. It's called Chris and Eddie's. And um, once I do, I will let you guys know about my experience, but I can't believe it. It's been five years. Like, I'm a little excited because I feel like I'm... It's a new world that I'm entering because I just haven't had it in so long. But at the same time, like I am very nervous and I hope that um, my body just reacts well to it. Um, but yeah, so that's where I am with my meat journey. That's really what's been going on lately. Um, you know, just searching for gowns, getting colonics, in and out with myself, having a little like a internal battle about eating meat, um, obviously. So those are some things that I'm uh, going through right now. And I want to get into TV recap. So it's been a while since we've done this. Um, we have, you know, a lot to discuss. I will say the Southern Charm trailer just came out and it looks so good. It comes out at the end of June. I'm really excited for that. I watched all four seasons of Ladies of London. It's an old show. It's an old Bravo show. Um, if you haven't seen it, it's kind of like housewife style, but um, it's about a group of women in London and they're like half Brit half of them are British and the other half are Americans who moved to London. And I think it's really interesting. Um, it's it's okay. I'm not going to go down and break down four seasons, but the reason why I watched it is because Caroline Stanberry is on it. And Caroline Stanberry, after that show was um, canceled, she moved to Dubai or it was canceled because she moved to Dubai. She was like the main um, housewife, whatever you want to call it, on Ladies of London. She moved to Dubai and now the Real Housewives of Dubai is coming out and she's one of the housewives on the Real Housewives of Dubai. So I was like, you know what? Let me watch Ladies of London so I can like really um, get to know her and like feel her vibe so that at least I know someone in the Dubai franchise. So I'm really excited for that one. I watched Tell Selling Sunset. I have to say that I enjoy the earlier seasons. This shit, like maybe those were slightly fabricated it as well but what I just watched this latest season of um Selling Sunset I can't even 
I don't know if I can call it even reality TV. It's kind of cringy. This Chriselle and Jason dating thing, it's like made her feel some type of way. Like she had some sort of right in the business to give like opinions of like who should work there, who should not. There was like some favoritism. It wasn't fun to watch. But overall, it was a very boring season. They... Um, the whole season was like Chriselle versus everybody. Every time they met up, that that's all they talked about. There was nothing exciting happening on the show. And like, honestly, I was watching the show to like really see people in the real estate world. And like, especially in one of the hottest, you know, real estate cities in the world, LA, like there's so many, there's so many different neighborhoods. There's so many houses. There's so many, I don't know. It's just, I love the city. The city has incredible real estate. And that's why I started watching the show. And it really is just seems fake like none of these women work and if they do we don't really get to see it because first of all all we're looking at is their outfits which are great but like no one goes to work like that every day and also like every time one of like none of them have laptops on a few only a few of them have laptops on their desks they all use their phones and if they do have a laptop it's like open to a blank google page so it's like who's even working here like what what are you guys doing every single day so i don't know i'm not really a fan of that show I watched it because it was something to do, but um, this past season was just not it, and I really hope that they regroup and come back to, like, really what the show's supposed to be about, which is, like, selling real estate and being good at it. Okay, the next one I want to talk about is Hulu, uh, the Hulu Kardashian show. It's so good. I can't say this enough. I love the way that they're filming it. I love the way that they're focusing on the day-to-day lives of all of them. It's honestly way more interesting than the old uh, e-show and it's just very well done and I I was dying when Scott was talking about um the chopped I'm not you you brought me to Maria's for a chopped salad like I'm chopped liver and I really feel for him I do feel like it's it it appears that he's getting left out and while I do understand that like Courtney is their sister but he's also like a brother and it's kind of sad because he really does, like, he doesn't have anyone else. Like, this is his family. And I'm sure that, like, he just feels, like, you know, left out. And I think that over time, everything will, you know, pick up again now that they're married and that, um, you know, there's there's obviously no signs that she's going to go back to Scott. Like, everyone's just kind of settled and he can move on too. I think that now maybe it'll be much easier for him to kind of get back in the mix. But it was really sad to watch, like, him confronting you know them individually talking about how he just feels left out and he has no family and I really I really I really felt for him there I really appreciate Kim using her celebrity for you know this prison reform it is really admirable and um you know we see her like posting on social media but you don't really get to see the day-to-day work that it takes to do it and that whiteboard like that whiteboard of celebrities that she was sitting there contacting everybody um getting people to like post and like really raising awareness about each case it's really crazy and when you know unfortunately she fights hard for someone and they get you know they get still get sent to death it really is heavy and like you're watching it on the show and the behind the scenes of it and it's tough to watch and I have to say that like she's using her fame for good and it really just kind of goes to show you that you need to give people a chance I think that when she first came you know to the public eye people were just quick to judge and be like this is all you're ever gonna be you're selling me uh shapewear you're doing this you're doing selling me perfume who cares like you don't you don't do anything you you don't you know you don't add to society blah 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 but like when you give people a chance to really know what they're passionate about what really gets them going what is meaningful to them 
they will really surprise you. And I think that if you watch this show, you really get to see how focused and how determined she is to help these people. And she's not doing it just to do it. She's, you know, trying to become a lawyer so that people really will stop telling her, like, you know nothing you're you know you you don't know what you're talking about like she wants to make sure that like when she's talking about the things she's talking about she is fully informed and she has something to show for it which would be her law degree so it's really really interesting and honestly I could get you know more of that like I I can watch an entire hour of that because that was really fascinating um I'm also really uh interested in Courtney's approach to her fertility journey obviously it's not easy there's hormones you have to be put on anesthesia which me personally makes me super anxious it's really a scary uh process with a lot of unknowns and there's a lot of like discomfort and pain that goes along with it and I like the approach that her and Travis are taking where they're not getting too excited about you know the results every time that they're you know, going through um, the procedures and that they're not really thinking about the next steps, that they're really just focusing on and dealing what with what's right in front of them. And I think that that's a really good approach, not only to this, but just in life, because you really can take things on head on. You don't stress about what's going to be, what's not going to be, and you really focus on what's going on in the moment and what you need to get done to accomplish those goals um speaking of goals chris jenner's china cabinet is fucking life goals that was the most amazing thing i've ever seen it is like everything that i would want you know when i own a house with like and how host parties and have a family like that china cabinet is everything that i would want in my life okay so Really interesting so far. I'm loving the show. Let's get into my housewives. First, I want to say Real Housewives of Atlanta. It's only been two episodes. Not much has happened, but I'll just quickly go go through this and say a few things. It's so weird to not have Portia on the show. She was like funny and entertaining and like I'm so happy that she has a show of her own now, but Atlanta is really like missing her. And I have to say, Cherie is the only housewife that's like been back three times, right? Like she's back again. I'm happy to have her. She's hilarious. She's exactly who she's always been. I do wish that they would bring Phaedra back. I don't know if it's like a candy thing, but I think that enough time has passed where we can just forgive Phaedra and just bring her back. She was so good for the show, her clap back, everything. And like it would be perfect to have her and Kenya back again because that was a crazy crazy feud so i would really love to have phaedra back please anyone at bravo listening anyone ever just bring phaedra back marla as a housewife is interesting i don't know if it's going to continue to be interesting enough to like sustain her position as a housewife or if she's going to go back to being a friend of but so far so good um and kenya is still mean i don't know what sheree's talking about maybe she's sheree maybe she's just being nice to sheree because uh she has no other ally and she knows that that candy although is her friend will never really side with her because candy's super neutral and rational so because of that i feel like kenya is just latching onto someone and that person is sheree so she's being nice to sheree um because cynthia's not here so nothing too crazy happening the only thing i want to talk about is the situation with drew so if you watch the housewives of atlanta then you know joe and her husband have a interesting relationship there they i feel like it'd be a little toxic i don't know they bump heads a lot and the newest beef is that he had an assistant and drew saw some text messages between the assistant and him that made her uncomfortable they were kind of flirtatious flirtatious it was like he said he needed a massage and the assistant said oh i'll give you a massage like it could be read, you know, many different ways. It's like really how you perceive it. But Drew was uncomfortable with it. She told you to not talk to this woman and fire her. 
he fires the woman, but he continues to talk to her. If you're like, have we not learned this yet? If your significant other, your wife, the mother of your children asks you to stop talking to somebody and she's not being irrational about it. You have to do it for the sake of your marriage. Nothing is worth compromising your marriage, especially an assistant that no longer works for you. You have no business, especially if you are no longer working together, to continue to have communication with one another. So um, I think he's dead wrong in this. And I don't know how he's going to, I don't know why it's not like getting through to his head, but he's definitely dead wrong in this situation. So that's all with Atlanta. I'm going to move on to Beverly Hills. The first two episodes were, were insane. There was so much fucking tension. Yes, Dorit was robbed. It was scary as fuck because I feel like we kind of heard about it when it first came out. We never saw like this footage. This footage was like really crazy. The story that she was saying, telling um, her friends about like, one of the gunmen uh, was saying, shooter, shooter, killer, killer. And she's like crying and like for her life, hoping her kids don't wake up. It really is scary. Now, the fact that Sutton isn't like empathetic to it, I'm trying to give her the benefit of the doubt because it's not really like Sutton. I feel like Sutton would would have been like, she's, she's better than that. I don't know if she's just like skeptical of the thing because when we... The day that that was filmed, her and Sutton and Kyle's conversation was the same day that the robbery happened. So she didn't really know how intense it was. I think she thought that Dorit was at home and I the footage hadn't come out yet. So maybe she thought that it was like an insurance scheme. Maybe she thought it was like not as serious as, you know, I don't know. I'm just trying to give her the benefit of the doubt because the way that she explained to Kyle that like, oh, well, responded to Kyle about Dorit's situation saying like, oh, well, everyone has problems like her stylist can't get through immigration like oh well like I'm not sorry I didn't have a gun pointed at my head it's like wild to me it's like really insensitive and I don't know I don't know how to explain it so I'm trying to like give her the benefit of the doubt but I, it, it was weird um Diana Jenkins so far is fabulous she's a great addition to this amazing cast that's already like great fabulous everything Kyle is hilarious this season I mean she's always funny but I always forget how funny she is her confessionals are the best she really is rational and hilarious and she's a great housewife um let's go to harry hamlin's dinner and the whole elton john table thing so i do have to say that i feel like lisa started it with sutton at harry's birthday even though she said she didn't want to um and sutton came with receipts now is it tacky to come with printed receipts of emails about the situation and present it at a dinner party sure but with these women, if you don't have receipts, nobody's going to believe you and like hear you out. So like I feel for Sutton because I would have done the same thing. Now, I don't know who gave Diana the right in this situation to try to tell Sutton what to do and like to put him away. I'm the Garcelle in this situation. I'm the Garcelle in most situations. So I feel like she's actually reasonable. I'm the Garcelle in this situation. You know what? These women are sitting here telling you that you canceled the table. It doesn't make any sense. They're saying you're lying. You have receipts. Bring them out, show them, tell them, stand up for yourself. I'm really happy that Sutton was there because had that moment not happened, this would have prolonged throughout the entire show. So I'm glad that she brought them out and they kind, of they kind of dead ended that situation. And also what Lisa was saying didn't make sense. How did Sutton cancel her table but was still there at the table with people she's invited included you two at the same table it makes no like it makes no sense it just really makes no sense um the last thing I want to talk about is this Erica 
vibe this season. So this is really hard for me because Erica was my favorite housewife of all across all franchises for a while. Like to me, she was my favorite for years. Last season started rubbing me the wrong way a little bit. Not necessarily because of the alleged <sighs> claims about her and her involvement with um, her ex-husband. But just because she was very defensive, very mean. It, her vibe was kind of killing it for me last season. This season, it looks like it's going to be even worse. It's really hard to watch. She's coming off as super evil. And um, it's not really doing her any favors. And it doesn't seem like it's fun to be in her presence. It feels like really combative. I'm sure it's not the case when she's around like her core friends. But when the other women get around her, you can feel this like tension. And she's just really like coming for someone. Like she's looking for someone to blame. And I still stand with the fact that like you can't be mad at people for asking questions, which is exactly what these women did last year when these allegations came out against you. You can't be mad. You know, they have to ask questions questions because honestly it looks fishy and they although well that well, they want to be good friends they also want to make sure that they don't come out looking crazy like they're supporting somebody who's alleged to do all of these things so people are allowed to ask questions okay um that's Beverly Hills looks like a really good season last thing I'm going to talk about is the Real Housewives of New Jersey I can't believe that it's over I'm going to miss them so much it is honestly my favorite housewives franchise i have to say um i will start off by saying this if you are a reasonable human being then you are on the right side of the couch with melissa margaret and jackie i've never wanted to scream so much at my tv in my life these women are unbearable they were giving me so much anxiety after the first reunion i was like i've never taken xanax but i feel like i need a xanax like i can't sleep there like there's there it's like you want to like shake them because First of all, Teresa's energy is completely misdirected at Margaret. Be mad at the bloggers and the media that put out all this information about Louis and that are they're the ones bursting your love bubble, not Margaret. Margaret brought it to the show, which by the way, it was already going to be on the show. You think Bravo was going to miss the opportunity of screenshotting the articles and putting them on the screen of everything coming out against Louis? No, it was going to happen anyway. So it's like, don't be mad at Margaret. It's misdirected. And better yet, like you started, literally started a rumor last season about something about wasn't true, told everyone about it, about an affair with no factual basis, but you're mad about some stuff coming out about your boyfriend that was already out there that she brought to the screen asking questions. You're being a hypocrite, right? The white trash thing. If someone called Teresa a, an Italian slur, she would lose her shit. Again, hypocrite. If Melissa didn't put Teresa in her wedding party, Teresa would flip her shit and again hypocrite right um telling her brother don't talk to joe Boligno because he's disgusting to right in front of his face if someone calls louis disgusting she's flipping her shit again hypocrite i can go on and on and on and like louis hugging margaret and not blaming margaret for everything that happened makes Teresa kind of look like an idiot and honestly like good for him like I really liked him more after this reunion and I just feel like she needs to learn a thing or two from him and also not Jennifer calling Jackie a follower of Margaret when she's literally following Teresa off a cliff blindly like I these those two women I can't I'm also very happy that Dolores is now really getting to see this side of Jennifer you know and it's clear that like Jennifer and Teresa it's clear that uh, Teresa and Dolores are not that close anymore because Jennifer is talking to Dolores crazy because now she can because Teresa is kind of allowing her you know what I mean because if 
Dolores and Teresa were really like BFFs like they used to be, then Jennifer would never open her mouth and talk to Dolores like that. So it's really obvious that Teresa and Dolores are not vibing like they used to. Obviously, she didn't invite her to the engagement party. So, you know, not all good. And I just mostly feel for Melissa and Joe. I feel like they've been taking this shit for years. And I'm really excited to see next season where they're kind of like, you know what? We're done with this. Like, we're going to just, we're going to be our own people. And Teresa, like, you can't, you can't do this anymore. So that's all for the TV recap. Um... More Housewives this week, obviously, to watch. Real Housewives of Dubai, I believe, comes out in June. Southern Charm. All of these shows. So I'm really excited. There's lots of TV to watch. I'm currently watching Yellowstone. So I'll give you guys a little breakdown of that when I'm done. I know I'm way late on that. But um, I'm going to definitely watch all four seasons before the next season comes out. And, yeah, that's all I have. Make sure to subscribe, leave a rating, a review, both on podcast audio apps and on YouTube. Follow me at Starring Milana for my now new meat eating journey, Meet Milana. <laughs> and um, DM me with any dress recommendations. Follow me, subscribe, like, comment, all the good stuff. Thank you guys for listening. I'll be back next week.